return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. If you have your Bibles, say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here in person. Thank you for joining us online. Uh, we pray for, for your church people here. We pray for your safety. We pray that you'd be blessed, that you'd be well. And we know God is with you. He loves you. He's on your side. He's watching over you. And so uh, we pray for you by name, in the name of Jesus, for uh, God's touch. And for others that join us from other countries and so forth, we just want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the tabernacle, being a part of this experience here. And I want to encourage you that the Word of God doesn't change. This is not an American book. Uh, It wasn't written by Americans for Americans. It's not written by white people. This is a book of the world. And so it works in any country. It works where you live. And I just want to say it's the same God of the Bible who's alive today. He is alive. It's not monuments. He's alive. Jesus is alive, and he's as close as the mention of your name. And even if you're not a Christian, but you're just joining in, I just want to encourage you, he's, as, he's near to you. And just in the quietness of your home or your car, wherever you're at, you can just say, Jesus. And just say, Jesus. There's power in that name. You can say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. And he will. He will show himself to you. He will give you a revelation of his goodness and love. Amen. Amen. So today uh, we're talking again on God's provision. And uh, uh, these are just, these are important things. Philippians 4 verse 19. In the process of all this, we're talking on biblical finances, which, which works in any country, any place in the world. We're talking on poverty and management and planning. God wants to supply. He will liberally supply, full, fill to the full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That, that's just, that just puts it out there. That's kind of like a statement of, of like you can, you can bank on that. So God, you know, when we look at our lives, and a lot of us have been in places of, in times where we have felt lack, like we didn't have more than enough. But it's good to stop and think, is that God's issue or is that our issue? All right? So God said, I'm going to supply... All of your needs. So just think of it personal. Personalize it for yourself. And even Paul said, I've been to places where I had abundance or place I had just enough, but I've learned to trust God in every situation that I'm in. So he'll liberally supply. Notice the word need. Not all your wants, but your needs. He'll take care of you. Americans, Americans have a lot of wants. 
Okay, they, they have a lot of appetite for things. That's why the storage business is so big in America, where people have rental, uh, rental places and so forth, because they, have, they can't hold it in their house any longer, but they deem it important enough to keep, so they throw it in a storage unit that they may not unlock for a year or two, or maybe never. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's interesting how, how people have a lot. Good, if you have an extra, it's probably good to give it away. Turn to someone and say, give it away. If you've got an extra bed, give it away. you got an extra chair, give it away. All right? So, in other words, if you don't need it, give it to somebody who, who could use it. So, it's used. Not just sitting in a shed someplace, but, but it can be used. It should be that way. And I tell you what, it's fun to give away things. It's fun to give away. I'm not talking about junk. Give away something that's usable, okay? But it's fun to give something away. You don't need it. Give it to somebody who can, and they'll be thrilled and happy with it. Hallelujah. So God will liberally supply. Now, the other verse was Deuteronomy 8, 8, chapter 8, verse 18, that we always have to remember. Now, if we don't remember, what happens is we tend to complain. And this, of course, really inflicts our society because uh, people just... God blesses them. God does so many wonderful things. And maybe a month later, they're complaining about something and they don't remember that God has provided for them. Or people get so many things, they forget about God. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? We, we, mis, we misinterpret things to think, well, I, I earned this. Boy, it's the work of my hands. It's I'm intelligent. I'm smart. I've done all this. Uh, yeah, right. God blessed you, but it all comes from him, right? The blessing on your hands and your, your brains and so forth all comes from him. So remember, it's the Lord your God. He gives you the power to get wealth. Now, that's pretty profound. In other words, God, God gives. This isn't, this isn't like, uh, this is to anybody who will believe it, right? Anybody who will believe it, they believe God gave me power to get wealth, so I'm going to get wealth, the Jews believe that. And people criticize sometimes the Jewish race uh, because of things and stuff. No, they just believe the Bible, Old Testament. But because this is, we're children of Abraham, these promises come to us today. And so us today as Gentiles, you know, here, we can receive these promises ourselves and realize, wait a minute, he gave me, he gave me the power to get wealth. So in other words, I have to do something with what he's given me. All right? I have to do something with my brain, my work of my hands, my intellect, and then understand there's the purpose and there's always that balance, see? It isn't just so that people get rich. No, it's so that he can establish his covenant. Okay, so that's the Great Commission, so that he can spread his word around the world. Amen? Amen? So that, so that people, that be it ministries or missionaries or whatever, that there's more than enough to continue to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. So that's the purpose of it. It's prosperity with a purpose. Or the money you have, have has a mission. Okay? So it's not all about you. It's about he blesses you so you can be a blessing. Amen. Amen. So you can bless somebody else. Now, we look at this also in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, because this is kind of a, wow, New Testament, but a very clear uh, definition of prosperity. And the context of this is resources. So he's able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing 
come to you in abundance. Well, this, this is a very profound thing. Notice the word, he's able to do it. It doesn't mean it's automatic. In other words, you have to apply faith. You have to do something with what you receive and manage it and so forth so that it can become more. Well, a farmer knows that he can't just eat all his crop. In the old days, you had to save some back so that you had seed for the next year. If you eat your seed, you have no seed. So, so you have to manage things. Now, God is able to do make this. Notice every favor and earthly blessing come to you. And notice, not just a little bit. Come to you in abundance. Say abundance. abundance. This is a good thing. Now, then notice these things. Now, these, these, this verse challenges me. These statements challenge me, challenge me so that you may always, so think of that, all the time, under all circumstances, in other words, good seasons, bad seasons, it's winter, it's summer, it's drought, it's, it's, it's plenty of water. Under all circumstances, whatever the need be, self-sufficient. Wow, that's, that's just powerful. That God is able, yet you may always, under all circumstances, whatever the need, have more than enough. Say more than enough. <laughs> See, most people live, live they're kind of on, on a little bit, just enough. But God wants to provide so there's more than enough. It's scripture, folks. I'm not making it up. That's why you want to read your Bible, okay? That's why you want to read scripture. Because, see, lots of people live in poverty and lots of Christians live with the poor financial health because they don't study the Word of God. If you study the Word of God, you see that Jesus addresses many, many issues in a good way, all right? So you can be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. What's, what's the last part of this again? It's the Great Commission. Amen? See, in other words, you can't help the poor if you are the poor. If you don't have anything, you have nothing to give. Well, that's not, that's not good, right? Then we, we all say, oh, well, it's just, uh, just sad out there. Well, we'll just pray for him. And, but how about believing God for more? Now, especially, let me just address this to Americans, because Americans have a lot of opportunities, maybe more than any other nation on this planet. Opportunities, I'm talking about, to advance with resources. And God said, to whom much is given... Much is required. And sometimes people think, they think of sins and they think of this and that on the judgments and so forth. However, let's be honest, folks. There might be big judgment on America just because America, Americans and American Christians are doing nothing. Doing nothing to reach the world. Doing nothing to advance the gospel. Oh, but they're, they're thinking about themselves. Boy, everything's good. Well, hallelujah. But to whom much is given, much is required. That's where this last part comes in. You have all this abundance, but then you're, you're, you're self-sufficient, you're possessing enough. Okay? So now you're furnished in abundance for every good work. Now, this is not implying worldly things here. This is implying spiritual things, charitable donations. So it's implying spiritual things that you're furnished to do what? Take care of others. Amen? 
take care in getting the gospel out. It's real quiet right now online. I know you don't hear a roar or anything like that, but it's soaking in. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Jesus is talking in the Sermon of the Mount. And he says, blessed and happy and envied, spiritually prosperous with life, joy, satisfaction in God's favor, salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the poor in spirit. So is being poor, physically poor, good? Well, the Bible indicates, and you can look in all kinds of realms here, but the Bible would indicate it's not good. To be physically poor is not good. All right? Now, let me just preface all this, too, to say, is everybody, is all, people always going to have their needs met? Well, Jesus said the poor, you'll always, you'll always have the poor with you. Why? Because you'll always have people that just simply flat out, they're not going to take heed to anything. They're going to live like life like, today's the day, I got it, I'm going to spend it, it's gone, and then tomorrow, I need it. I need more again. Jesus said you'll always have the poor with you. You're never going to get rid of poor. But every government tries to fight poverty because they know it's not good when people don't have anything. So, he's talking about here, of course, blessed are the poor in spirit. I can't tell you how many times I've heard Christians say, oh, blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor. And they're just like, again, it always, it always it's grinds on me when people don't know the scripture, when they don't read the whole scripture. It's like, it's like Galatians, you've heard me say it a hundred times, you know, that people say, well, we're all the children of God. Read the rest of the verse. By faith in Jesus Christ. So everybody on this planet is not a child of God. Right? Right? Jesus looked at religious people and actually said, your father's the devil. Whoa, baby. Pretty strong statement. So you have to read the context of the scriptures. So the poor in spirit, the humble who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are those who are poor, emptied of their self, trusting in God. They're blessed. Amen. 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 That's how he wants you to live your life, right? That's how humility isn't how you show it in front of others. It's how you present yourself before God. So. There's causes to poverty. There's causes to poverty. So we're talking about God's provision. But if you want to prepare to prosper, you have to deal with issues that cause poverty. Now, let's go to Proverbs. There's a lot of good things in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6. How long is the lazy man going to lie around? When is he ever going to get up? Folks, just think about this. Think about this. Do you suppose it's profitable to go to bed at 3 in the morning and then get up? Oh, I'll get up at noon. Well, no. No. How long is the lazy man going to lay around? When is he ever going to get up? I'll just take a short nap, he says. I'll fold my hands. I'm going to rest for a little bit. And while he sleeps, poverty will attack him like an armed robber. So, in other words, in other words this is talking, of course, about laziness, not, not, not only not wanting to work, not willing to work, Refusing to work. I'm not going to do it. We, ha- we live in America. We live in a country that enables laziness. That coddles laziness. That basically says, you know, if you don't want to work, we'll take care of you. We'll, we'll, we'll provide a house for you. We'll give you food. We'll give you all this. You don't have to work. 
But folks, in other countries, they don't have that. Now, in other countries, the scripture actually comes into play. If a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. So in other countries, they don't have governments to take care of them and coddle them and do all the kind of things and we'll give you enticement checks and so forth. No, they don't have that. No, they actually have to apply Scripture. If you don't work, you're not going to eat something. They basically say, don't come talking to me if you're not going to do anything. So one of the causes of poverty, though, is laziness. In other words, uh, uh, just not wanting to work or just becoming dependent Totally on the government. And you can live that way. You can survive that way. And you can, you can live your whole life that way. The only thing is, you will never have all that God would want you to have. Because you're just, you're just going to be limited. Can we say limited? Everybody's, the government's limited. Everybody's limited. So you're going to be limited. You'll have your needs met, but you're limited. So I, I don't know anybody that, you know, grows up and thinks, you know, man, when I grow up, I want to live on the government. I, I don't want a good car. I, 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 want a, I want a car that, boy, drains oil in the parking lot and, and boy, barely, barely get by my food. That's my goal when I grow up. No one grows up that way. They learn to be that way. They learn those traits. And those are things we want to unlearn. Does it take effort? Yeah, it takes effort. Are you going to be tired? Yeah, people get tired. Yeah, get tired. But you, you can unlearn things. You can find your way coming out of poverty to a place where you have more than enough. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. Of course, again, we, in this world we live in, nobody wants to wait or work or take time. But it does take time. That's what, you know, that's why everybody goes out and they buy the lottery ticket. Man, if I get it, I have all these millions of dollars. That'd probably be a huge curse. Most lottery winners are broke within a matter of years. Most pro athletes, this is documented from ESPN, most pro athletes, they are broke within five years. And they've made million-dollar contracts. Broke, don't have any money. So they had it, but they didn't manage it. Proverbs 21 Another thing that we can, can it get, get us or snag us is worldly pleasures. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. Wow. Well, we like things, don't we? We like things. I mean, now here's where we get into trouble a lot of times is I see my neighbor have something and I think, I want that. I want that. So they've got either... Maybe they've got a boat, or maybe they got a camper, or maybe they got a, a four-wheeler, or maybe they got something else. I want that. And so we're looking at what somebody else wants rather than thinking, well, this is where I'm at. Maybe some year I can have that. But, you know, another cause to poverty, then, is love of worldly pleasures. Amen. Just read the scripture. Love of worldly pleasures, you will be a poor man. You know, there's people that drive around. They can drive around in nice things. Everything looks nice and so forth, but it's all borrowed. It's all borrowed money. It's a house of cards. If they lost their job in three months, they'd be hurting. 
Bank would be calling alone. Don't have enough money. Can't pay off the truck or the car or the house. See, in our society again, lending institutions will always want to tell you, you can afford this much. You can borrow way out. They want you to get right out on the edge of the lend. You can borrow this much. And so we think, oh, wow, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And you can do that. But is it wise to do that? So why is to be that far stretched? So love of worldly pleasures also can can uh, get to us. It's like it's like we wouldn't want by just just to have a robber come into our house and take our stuff. We have to have discipline to say no. I'm not going to do all this stuff. I'm not going to allow that into my life. I'm not going to let the thief in to take my things. Amen. Amen. Okay. Proverbs 23. You talk about the, the sins of the world and so forth like that. But Proverbs 23 talks about an area you could deal with drugs or alcohol. But don't associate with the heavy drinkers of wine, the gluttonous eaters of meat. For the heavy drinker, the glutton, will come to poverty. Drowsiness, overindulgence, will clothe someone with rags. Folks, now, now again, you can take... The money, think of the money that's spent on booze and all the other stuff of the world. I mean, we're talking about enormous money. Talk about, these are big lobbies, okay, that protect their interests. It would stagger, it would, it would shock us. And yet, people do this because it's socially acceptable. And so they spend, they put out money, which is very expensive. Very expensive to have these habits. Very expensive, drinking booze. The drugs, all very expensive lifestyle. For a cheap high, there's always a morning after. So people do it. And someone, hey, we had a lot of fun. They get up the next morning. Oh, boy. And, of course, when you get up from a hangover or you get up from a drug episode, it's not like you want to go to work. Well, <laughs> I want to really go to work today. Oh, I don't feel good at all. Let me call in sick. Let me call in. I can't make it today. Bob Kerr was a guy who was in this church. He got saved, but he worked for the union for many years, worked on the auto lines. He said, Bob, he said, you ever wanted to buy a car made on Monday? And that was just in the auto industry. They just knew that. Don't buy a car made on Monday. All these people came in after the weekend, you know, they're <laughs> trying to put things together. And that was just, that was with them. They all knew that. You could look at the day. Don't buy, don't buy a Monday car. These are things, folks, now what am I saying? I believe, I really believe this. I believe God provides for all of us. But we have leaky, we have leaky areas. We're leaking money out with habits, lifestyles, and so forth that the money goes and we think, well, I don't have any money. Most people wonder where their money went at the end of the month. You know, they have a, they have a paychecks and so forth. Well, we just, we just can't make it. We just can't make it. But I believe we can tell your money where to go. I believe you can have a plan, and you, may, you know you make roughly so much money per month, and you can tell, designate where that money should go, so that at the end of the month, you still have something. Because the reality is, it really isn't a money problem. It's a spending problem. It's a lifestyle problem. 
Isn't that right? It's a, that's, that's the government of the United States. They're, they're just, they're cranking the, with the treasury department, just cranking out paper that's worthless. You incident, let me just say this, because it's true. You'll get more money, more money's coming, trillion dollars, so forth. But just understand this, there is no money. And there will be a payday in our country, and it's going to bite bad. And it's going to affect everybody. People say, well, that's kind of negative. No, that's just the truth. You look at any economist that really knows economy, and they're going to understand, no, you just can't constantly print money when there's nothing behind the money. You can't do that in your life, can you? No, you can't do that. You can charge, 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 but you know there's a payday, and they're going to want that money repaid. This is the country we live in. So, like right now, let me just say, if you can't make it now, folks, that's why you want to prepare. You listen to me online. If you can't make it now, you want to prepare today. You want to tighten your belt. You want to buckle down your spending. And you want to get ready for the ride that's coming. There's a ride coming. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be very difficult. Now, let's spin it around again. The Bible just said, in every season, you can have enough. You can have abundance. You're taken care of. And how is that possible? Only if you save, only if you save and prepare in the good times for the other times. That's why this is important. That's why, you know, the devil, the devil's smart. He gets people, people just love things. It's easy. I like it. Give me some more money. This is nice. And have no concept. And folks, people can get another check and so forth. And boom, voila, it's gone in two months. I need money. Most pe- How many people do you suppose will save it? Not many. If you do get something again, save it. Turn to your neighbor and say, save it. Just save it. Put it in savings. Put it out of your sight. Don't spend it. Amen. 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 Use it to pay down debt. Use it to do something else. That would be good. Amen. Sometimes people are poor or face poverty because of governments, because of government politics and so forth. And that happens. Worldwide, there's governments, folks, it's very, very sad. We've been to many, many nations, 13 nations, but... Worldwide, most governments are thinking of themselves. Government leaders are thinking about themselves. That leader gets rich. That leader squanders things and people get poorer. That happens. Sometimes people are poor because they just have a small income. Don't have a big income. But you have to work with that. That just means you can't spend as much either. When we started the ministry, and for many, many years, we started the ministry, and Jeannie, Jeannie wasn't even paid until the year 2000, so all the time working for nothing, and we started the ministry and lived on 500 bucks a month, total. And we could do it because we had paid off everything else, except for a house loan, a small loan, but we could do it because we were living on fumes. That meant church people take vacations, we didn't take vacations. Church people bought things, we didn't buy things. 
Because that's where we were at. You have to live where you're at. Follow me? I mean, I can't, I, if, I, if my situation is this, I have to live there right now. Okay? I can't just get a card, charge, charge, charge. No, I have to live there. I have to live where I'm at. That's where we lived. And we had medical bills on top of it. So, yes, for years, like 20 years, very, very slim margins. But you can do it. You can do it. Just keeping your eyes on Jesus. Just understand, things don't always change overnight. This isn't a lottery system. Okay, Proverbs 13. Now, this is, this is a huge area. So, a wicked messenger falls into evil, but a faithful messenger brings healing. Poverty and shame come to him who refuses instruction and correction. But he who heeds reproof is honored. Now, let me read this line again. Poverty and shame come to the person who refuses instruction and correction. Now, the instruction and correction deal with showing what, where, where they're at. Okay, instructing them. Now we have to correct the course to go in a different direction. Change our habits. Now, if I refuse that, now, and I've taught this for decades, but, but if people refuse Scripture, if they refuse to look at things in a proper way, well, there's nothing you can do. Jesus said, the poor you'll always have with you. You will always have people with needs and so forth like that. So, so poverty and shame are going to come. They're just going, if you refuse instruction like in these areas, all right? Poverty and shame is going to come. So you have to educate yourself and motivate yourself. So back in 1980, we were on a, on a little trip and they had a USA Today. USA Today started about then. And they had a financial section. And, of course, I'd gravitate to the sports section. And the Lord also said, no, read that section on finances. So I picked up the financial section of the USA Today. And then later we were at some other place and there was a Wall Street Journal. And it's like the Lord said, pick it up and read it. Well, re- reading the Wall Street Journal was kind of like reading Latin, you know. Well, what did that mean? You know, charts and all kinds of jargon and so forth that I had no idea. But the Lord kept just saying, just read that, just study that, make yourself aware of that. Even though, even though at that time, we were just enough to make our needs met. Just enough. But enough. Hallelujah. Amen. So I educated myself. Turn to your neighbor and say, read. Read. Educate yourself. Read the Bible, first of all. And then when I read the Bible, I realize, wait a minute, I'm going I'm to have the instruction of the Bible, and then I'm also going to learn otherwise how I can do things, right? So you have to educate yourself. You have to motivate yourself. Motivate yourself. If you had $10 extra, what would I say to do with it? Right, right. You're getting the message here. Save it, save it. And tithe. So, so saving is a great four-letter word. It's a word that should be in your vocabulary. It's something you should see when it's like cream comes to the top uh, when 
people knew this anyway. Some of you will know this. If a cow's milked and the whole milk cream comes to the top, comes to the top, right? Take the cream off and save it and just have the milk. That's how you want to live your life. There's going to be cream that's going to rise up where you're going to have some extra, say extra. And you want to save it. If you get enough and the goal is to get more than enough, then you can invest it. You can invest it. There's many, in this church, there's been many Africans before they've left have sat in my office, say, Pastor, tell us more. They want to look at stocks. They want to look at things and so forth. So we have this whole session they're talking, and then they begin with getting an online bank account to get the higher interest rate. And you know what? They go right out and do it. Go right out and do it. Now they're making salaries they never dreamed of, but they're saving. Hallelujah. Saving. That's a good thing. So you educate yourself and you have to embrace instruction and correction. Remember the old adage again? Your, your, your intentions or your, your direction is influ- influenced by, by what you're doing. Not your intentions. The principle of the path. So I have to do something. Say do something. This is not, doesn't come down to now a prayer. doesn't come down to, okay, Lord, look. And, and people say, look how the Lord blessed them. I want to get blessed. How come they get blessed? Folks, he blesses everybody. God just, God just flat out loves people. And he will bless his people because you're his people. He doesn't have favorites. He's not a respecter of persons. It's not like, oh, I really want to bless them because they're really nice. No, no, he wants to bless everybody. You have to understand that, amen? God wants to bless you. Point at someone and say, God wants to bless you. So it's not a prayer issue now. It's a planning and preparation and doing things, instruction, correction, so that you can go in the right way, amen? 1 Peter 5, 8, we have an adversary. You all know this. Adversity comes from, advers- from the adversary, all right? But we must also, the enemy, the devil... Prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So the devil wants to steal finances because it puts people in bondage. The number one argument in marriage, if you took a statistical survey, the one, number one area of contention is money in marriage. All right? Someone wants to spend it. Someone wants to save it. Someone they want to do this and this and this. Number one area. In a marriage. So the devil wants to get people at each other. And so he wants to steal. Now we have to resist. We have to resist poverty. All right. Be firm in our faith. Knowing, knowing this. The same experiences of all this suffering are experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. In other words, throughout the world, this is happening right now to Christians. To Christians. God's plan is better for his people. Not to imprison them in poverty, but to bring them out of the poverty. Amen? So they're inflicted just like the world. I really believe for believers, one of the bigger, biggest things is poor teaching. You never hear a pastor talk to people about saving, about stewardship, about, about being accountable. You just don't hear that. So we have to resist anything that will hinder, hinder the Great Commission or hinder our blessing. If it's going to hinder the blessing of God, then you want to resist it. That's why we resist sickness, of course. But that's also why we resist poverty. Amen? 
because it hinders the Great Commission. So God has a plan to prosper. Now, you have to have a plan. I've, I've said this again for decades. I'm, I'm a person who's like a student. I took notes in college. If you're going to succeed, you have to take notes, however it is, in your phone or whatever. I'm still on paper. However, you have to plan for success. Amen. To fail to plan is a plan to fail. I talk about budgets. I talk about managing finances. The church has a budget every month and so forth. And I can't tell you how many Christians, the vast majority of Christians, like deer in a headlight, I, 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 got, I got that, Pastor. I, I got it right up here. I got that. I thought, you'll be poor. I meet very few Christians who are flourishing financially in a good way. That, that doesn't hold on to them. They're not greedy or anything. I meet very few people who are flourishing. That's why we're teaching this. Because it helps people to come out of that place of lack to a place of abundance. And it takes a plan. It takes something on purpose. That if my destination is out there, I begin today, however little I have, I begin today, put my feet in, feet in that direction and pursue it. This is a lifetime experience. For those of you younger, wow, you're younger. Begin now. When you get to my age, you don't have a lot of time left. Okay, so when you get to an older age, there's not a lot of time left to make changes or do things. But when you're younger, you have myriads of paychecks and things in front of you that can affect your future. And I, I'll say it again. I've never met anybody who saved $10,000, get to my age and think, oh, I wish I'd spent that money. No, they're all pretty happy that they got that 10000 or more, 100000 It's all collecting interest. They're all pretty happy about it, that they didn't spend it. Amen? Just trust me. Trust me. Older guy talking to some of you younger. <laughs> so others are my age. But, you know, you have to have a plan. So Proverbs 6, let's look at Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6 says this. You lazy fool, look at the ant. So here's a guy sitting around. I, I wasn't a lazy fool, but I can remember sitting on the steps and I'd watch the ants, you know, on the sidewalk and in the flower garden and they were working away and so forth like that. Look at the ant. Watch it closely. It will teach you a thing or two. Isn't that something? God has all these things out here. And you just say, just look, at the, look at the ant over here. Now, nobody has to tell the ant what to do. All summer it stores up food and harvests its, stock, its, its stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to be lazy around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed, a nap here, a nap there, a day off, a day off there, sit back, take it easy. You know what comes next? You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Write down the verse. Write down the verse, the Message Bible. So, I've taught on the ant for decades. I was in Montana teaching on the ant, and, and this is my ant, by the way, and, and I still have it on my desk, but a lady that worked in the governor's office in Montana, and she was in the meeting, and she just said, her life got transformed. Her life got transformed, just hearing a series of messages and so forth, and she was in a store in Montana, and she found this ant, and she said, I have to send that to Pastor Dave. So, it has some rice chips here, too. So she got it all sealed up, sent it to me. Pastor Dave, I thought about you. Changed my life. The ant. 
The ant. Consider the ant. Notice it says, you lazy fool. Just look at an ant. Now, an ant, ant is pretty, pretty amazing. An ant can carry 10 to 50 times its body weight. And what is an ant doing? All the time that ant is working. It's saving. It's storing. I mean, I had, I had one I, throughout this chunk and so forth, watching the ant and following him, gets to his hole. And of course, he can't get it in, you know. So then, then the partners come and they're dismantling this giant crumb. And they're all doing what? <laughs> Getting it down this hole someplace. Everybody working together. Saved together. Amen. For a rainy day. Or for winter. Or for a tough time. The ant plans for a future season. That's what the ant always does. He's planning for a future season. He's save. The mentality is save, save, save. Say save. save. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is a good word for you. <laughs> Saving is good. Don't spend it all. The ants aren't out there like they're not out there like you see these great big ants and go away. I'm going to eat this right now. Get out of here. I'm just going to eat it right now out here. Not only the ant isn't that way at all. Nothing won't take a nibble, I suppose. You know, it's good. Let's get it home. Let's bring this baby home. Carries ten to fifty times its body weight. Always taking it down a hole. Always having a storehouse. Now, this scripture is just amazing. How, how long are we going to lay around? And, of course, the choice is ours, isn't it? God can look at his people. Well, the word is the word, so you can do what you want. You still go to heaven. That's okay. But how you live on this life, it's really a choice of ours. Choice. You might think, well, it's not going to make a big difference for me, but maybe it will for your kids. Maybe it will for your kids. Maybe it will for your grandkids. Maybe it will for those who come behind you. Jeannie and I had parents that when they died, they had nothing. Nothing. There was nothing for us. Nothing for any of us. We had a purpose. We had a goal. Thank you, Jesus. When we die, we're going to honor you. We're going to live for you. We're going to travel, preach the gospel. When we die, we hope to leave something to our kids. That's a good goal. It's a good goal. Leave something to your kids. If you have more, leave it to the grandkids. You know what I mean? You know, I can't tell you how many funerals I've been of ministers and they get there and they're praying that there'll be an offering so they can buy the casket. That's a sad funeral. I've told people in their face, I'm not buying a casket. I'm not doing that. I'm not giving money for a casket. That's not my problem. People think that's kind of harsh. No, it's not my problem. The the news is, folks, you're all going to die. Hello. Plan ahead for a funeral. Roger would say amen to that. The point, you know, you live your life. Yeah, plan ahead. You got to pay, pay for a funeral. What kind of funeral you want? Pay for it. That shit doesn't come down to an offering. So you plan. You plan for success. You plan for future seasons. You know, people say, well, I want to, I hope that we can upgrade our car. Start planning. Oh, there goes my aunt. Plan for a future season. So if you need a different car, when do you plan? Now. Say now. now. When should you plan for next Christmas? Say now. now. I want to take a vacation. When do you want to plan? Now. now. Because we're dependent on plastic, we then think, hey, I can afford it. I, here's my card. Here's my number. I can afford it. 
And that's not true. No, I, I can't afford it. That's why we didn't take vacations. We didn't have the money. All right? So we didn't take vacations. You can't do what you don't have. So you just have to decide, this is where we're at. So this is how we'll live. Day by day, until things change. Now, we're not that way now. But you have to have a plan. Plan involves saving. If you're watching, you should say amen. (laughs) This is good. This is good things. Amen. This helps you to succeed in life. Write this down. You must spend less than you take home. Wow, what a novel idea. You must spend less than you take home. What do you take home? Well, we have a general idea. So your budget should include less. That means what's extra, you save. In my budget, of course, I plan for tithes and offerings and so forth. That's just part of the plan. But you have to spend less than you take home. So you have to stop the financial outflow, this, this, this bleeding. You have to stop that, the waste, the extra spending, so that you can have more than enough. You cannot advance to prosperity if your outflow is greater than your income. You will never be prosperous. The American way is spend all you got, charge it up, borrow, do all. That's the American way. You'll never be prosperous. Amen. You can't advance to prosperity if your outflow exceeds your income. Never, you'll never be prosperous. Joshua 1, let me close with this. Uh, Deb mentioned this on, on Wednesday night, but just so good, you know. As I was with Moses, God said, I took care of Moses for 40 years. I'll take care of you. So I will not fail you nor forsake you. Just a word to Joshua. But then here comes these verses in verse 7 and 8. Let's repeat them. Be strong, courageous. Do according to all that the word says, right? Don't turn to the right or the left. Don't, don't go way off. That you may prosper... Wherever you go. Amen. Now this, so it's not, this is not based on the United States. It's not based on where you live. But the plan is that God wants to prosper you. What is prosperity? This is you have more than enough, right? Not talking about how big your house is or car is. Just you have more than enough. The book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. You'll just keep it in your life. You'll meditate on it day and night. Observe to do all that's written in it. So the word of God is so important. The word, the word, the word. Instructs us, teaches us, corrects us. Then you will make your way prosperous. The responsibility is on you and not on God. All right? This is not a God issue. This is not God's problem. This is not God not doing something. No, this, it's, it's our issue. You, say you, you, you shall make your way prosperous. She'll deal wisely and have good success. Amen? This is a word of the Lord for anybody listening to me, any Christian listening to me. This is a word of the Lord for us today in this world that we live in. God wants to bless you. God wants to take care of you. God wants to provide for you. 
God wants you to be able to help other people. God wants you to be a blessing to other people. He wants you to be a blessing to your family. He wants you to be a blessing to somebody out there with needs. He wants you to bless the ministries that are preaching the gospel as far as missions and so forth, taking this gospel around the world. God wants to bless you. Amen. That is clear from the scripture. Poverty is not of God. And so the will of God comes, is made clear to us. The will of God is clear. We enter into this will. Amen. Amen. And we follow the word and things happen in a good way. Amen. Little by little though. Amen. Little by little. Inch by inch, it's a cinch. You can do it. Turn to somebody and say, you can do it. Amen. So let's lift a hand a second. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for your provision for your instruction, for your help, Lord, in our lives. And, Father, help us to have a financial mind to see things the way you see it. Help us, Lord, to have a spending plan so that we can plan on a monthly basis, maybe a weekly basis, but a spending plan for what we're doing. And I pray that you would help everybody listening to me right now to save. Help them to save to be as wise as the ant that you gave us, Lord, to give us some instruction. Help us to save. Every person, I pray, that they would begin, even, even month by month, begin to have more in an account that's set aside. So, Lord, I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for helping us. I thank you, Lord, that you've opened windows of heaven and you are pouring out blessings. Not room enough to receive it because it's spreading the gospel around the world. We give you praise for this today, Lord. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net. Or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.